Machine, when you suggested cycling to studio, I was thinking fresh countryside, blue skies, maybe even stopping for an ice cream. I don't think your ice cream would have lasted long in this torrential rain. Did you not have a plan B? Um, electric bike? <sighs> Welcome to KitCast. I'm Kira O'Donoghue and this week I'm joined by my excellent eco friend, Bushy and Valentine. For episode two, the ego one. So this week is all about looking after our planet and how children today can keep it safe for children of the future. Like cycling instead of taking the car. Yes, but plan B would have actually been a lot better, Oshin, because then at least we could have gotten here quicker and we wouldn't be so wet. But look, what other environmentally friendly ways do you like to get around? When I'm getting around, I usually go by bike, but when I'm going to school, I just usually scoot or walk. Oh, very good. So you don't take the car to school then? No, we usually just walk because we live about one kilometre away. My school encourages us to be active and environmentally friendly with walk on Wednesdays and feet on Fridays. Every child in the class is encouraged to walk on that day and the teacher counts it up when we get into school and uh, we get a percentage out of 100 and the highest percentage out of your year get like a little reward or a prize. Oh lovely. So I bet there's lots of excitement about trying to get that prize. Yeah. And has your class ever won it? We haven't ever won most but we've most improved class because we have a lot of people they have to drive because it's quite far away. I mean sometimes it just isn't possible to walk or, or to um, scoot. So what would be an environmentally friendly way to go somewhere if you had to go a little further? Well, you could use electric scooters, electric bikes, or even an electric car. It helps reduce the amount of carbon dioxide released from burning fossil fuels like petrol and diesel. Carbon dioxide warms up the planet. It doesn't mean like good weather or nice weather. It means extreme unpredictable weather, such as sometimes there's bushfires in Australia, and then in like the Arctic... We have ice melting and it's causing big waves for the coastal countries. All these changes are long-term changes, what we call climate change. So the less carbon dioxide we use doesn't just keep the air that we breathe cleaner, but it also helps to slow down climate change too. And ultimately protects our environment and it's all about our environment today. So I'm going to be chatting to Siona in India. Louis is on game time with Five Second Rule. Can't wait for that actually. We're going to be hearing from Ava who's been investigating eco-friendly toys. And later on I'm going to be chatting to activist Flossie about her mission to save the beaches. But first, you know what's coming, don't you? Hi, my name is Lily. I'm 10 years old and I'm from Wexford. Here is this week's riddle. A thousand coloured folds stretch towards the sky, atop a tender strand rising from the land, until killed by maiden's hand. Perhaps a token of love, perhaps to say goodbye. What am I? Wow, a beautifully poetic riddle for us this week, Lily. Thank you so much. A thousand colour folds stretch towards the sky. I'm not sure what that quite means. So, uh, colour, colour folding up towards the sky. Maybe it might be coloured smoke or something. Generally, the riddles sound complicated, but then the answer is so annoyingly obvious. So this is why we should probably know this. We're going to need some time to think about it. Maybe some of our listeners have already figured it out. Send your answers our way or challenge us with your own riddle by emailing info at kidcast.ie or you can message us at Kidcast Podcast on Facebook or Kidcast Pod on Instagram. For now, it's Rory and Sarah with the latest environmental news. Kidcast News. 
Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Rory. Reporting for KidCast News. In this week's headlines. Ozone hole shrinking. London-sized iceberg. Reduction in marine population. And food waste affecting climate change. In 1985, scientists discovered a hole in the ozone layer which protects humans, plants and animals from the sun's harmful UV rays. This was due to the use of CFCs, found in fridges, aircon and aerosol sprays. CFC usage was phased out and now the ozone layer is showing signs of recovery. Earlier this year, a giant iceberg, roughly the size of London, broke off Antarctica's front shell. Scientists explained this natural process as calving, where ice chunks break away from the edge of a glacier. While not linked to climate change, the rising global temperatures cost 750 billion tonnes of ice to melt every year. Over the past 40 years, marine populations have been reduced by 45%, with larger fish having been brought down to just 10% of their original population. The major reason for these dramatic decreases is due to poor fishing policies or no policies at all. It has been proven that food waste is affecting climate change. Every year, the average Irish household throws out about 150 kilograms of food. As it rots, it emits methane, a powerful greenhouse gas that warms the planet. Composting is one way to reduce methane, which is why we should all use our brown bin and buy less food. I'm Rory. And I'm Sarah. And And that's your KidCast News. Thank you, Rory and Sarah. I am shocked by the amount of wasted food that Sarah was telling us about. Did you realise that so much food was wasted by Irish households? No, I didn't at all, really. Would you be good at eating your meals or do you leave food behind you after dinner and your lunches in school? Most of the time, we leave like small little scraps behind, but not too much. Well, that's good because it does make you think about the amount of food then that gets scraped into the bin. Or maybe the parents cook too much. You know, that's a very good point. And if that is the case, we need to make an effort to use our leftovers for other meals rather than just throwing them into the bin. Yeah, but it's not just food waste contributing to climate change change. It's the food we eat as part of our diet too. So a vegan diet is plant-based and contains no parts of an animal. When we farm animals, we use a lot of energy, transporting them and like storing the meat. Forests are cut down for pasture land. And then of course, animals manure releases the same methane as rotting food. That is true. And a vegan diet is very environmentally friendly and that will suit many people. But you know, I think we all just need to do our best. Every small change makes a difference. Like, look at the difference just getting rid of CFCs made to the ozone layer. The world came together for the ultimate repair job. And now the world needs to come together again to tackle the issues we'll be discussing today. This week, I chatted to Siona in Bangalore, India, to talk about her work protecting the environment. Hi everyone, I'm Siona Vikram and I'm an 11-year-old award-winning podcaster and earth lover from 
Bangalore in India. India is the second most populated country in the entire world after China, home to nearly around 1.4 billion people. And the two official languages are Hindi and English. And there are 22 other languages spoken around India. The capital of India is New Delhi and the main currency is the INR, Indian rupee. Hi Siona, welcome to KeyCast. I love that piece of music you just heard. Can you tell me what is the most popular music in India? Bollywood music is a gigantic craze in India. In the Western world, you have Hollywood. Like in India, you have Bollywood. There's two main songs which become such a big hit these days. Kesariya from Brahmastra. And then the second song is Varaha Rupam from the recent movie Kantara. It's a mix of rock and classical Indian music. Now, before we talk about your amazing podcast, I'd like to learn a little about life in India. Can you tell me about your school? In India, you start school at 3. What time do you start at? Classes start from 8 o'clock. We're only getting up at 8 o'clock. In our ancient scriptures, the Vedas, uh, there's something called the Ayurveda and it recommends uh, waking up early. And then the school ends at around 3.30. We take around a one-hour bus journey and we come back home at around 4 o'clock. What is typical Indian food? I would say rice. You have your own unique dishes from the northern part of India and the southern part of India. Northern part of India are more like warriors. So they eat a lot of kebab and stuff like that. It's really delicious. Then you have chicken tikka. Oh yeah, I know tikka. In southern India, you have dosa is like an Indian sort of pancake. And then we eat it with chutney. Oh, that sounds yum. We do not buy ready-made food here. What's your weather like? India experiences almost six seasons, winter, spring, then summer, and then somewhere between the summer, we experience summer monsoons, then we experience autumn. Well, autumn isn't that prominent because here in India, the trees are constantly shedding their leaves. But then in autumn, yes, the leaf shedding does go up quite a lot. And then we have the winter monsoons. Are you experiencing the effects of climate change? Maybe yes, because sometimes the temperatures just shoot up like crazy for no reason. 35 plus sometimes. That's very hot for Ireland. For like heat waves, we'd have maybe 26 degrees around. The latest series of your Little Mind Chats podcast is called Little Wise. Can you tell us about it? So I started my podcast as a fun project and I kind of had that sort of feeling like I should be doing something for Mother Earth. Like, you know, that feeling, right? I wasn't such an environmentalist in the beginning, but when I was doing the fourth season of my podcast, which was based on earth and environment, I was interviewing a lot of scientists and environmentalists and children also who were into this environmental work. I realized that there was a lot more we can do for the environment. So I knew I had to do something. So I started a club called Little Wise Club, where wise stands for warriors inspiring sustainable earth. The Little Wise Club was mainly to fight against plastic toys because plastic is bad as you know but people only speak about plastic bags and bottles and straws and stuff like that that's 60 percent of the plastic but then where is the other 40 percent going it's going to the toys and games industry which is actually a 300 billion dollar industry and 90 percent of the world's toys are made of plastic and in this 90 percent only 15 percent of these toys are safe to play with so i started a series in my podcast where i invited a lot of guests to explain the bad things about plastic toys. We even had pediatricians, oncologists and toy designers and UN advisors to explain all this to us. What's the goal of your Little Wise Club? 
to get rid of plastic toys. We are trying to make sure that children understand that plastic is really bad for their lives and them because it can cause things like cancers, infertility and a few hormonal changes. Are there any other environmental issues affecting India? Water pollution, air pollution. Air pollution is a big thing here in India. If you ever fly to India sometime, you might as well see a thick layer of brown clouds and these brown clouds are not natural they're all pollution where does it all come from there are these people called rag pickers they take our garbage and separate it into different materials so that they can sell it and get money and sometimes these materials aren't sellable so that's why they legally burn the garbage there are also a few other factors like if you come to an average indian city then you will find a lot of traffic and it's mostly this traffic i guess thank you so much sienna for joining me today on kickcast well thank you very much Oshin. bye Oshin. bye Thank you, Siona. And we're really thrilled that we could have Siona join us on KidCast as she is incredibly busy with all her environmental projects. Yeah, I heard she hosted a really cool event lately called Q, Children on Plastic Earth. So it was a really cool event with all like bands and magicians and fashion shows. And then the main part of it was for children to bring their unused like toys and unused plastic from home. And then they could sell it and reuse it instead of just being dumped. Such a good idea. But what do you think about the idea of toy swapping, Oshin? Is that something that you do with your friends? We do sometimes swap books, but not toys generally. It's funny though, it's not really a big thing. What do you think stops kids from wanting to swap toys? Probably they like them too much themselves or they don't want them to get damaged or broken. Maybe if they agreed that the child would only have it for maybe a week or if they broke it, they could pay for a new one or maybe just fix it. And if toy swapping isn't for you, then you could just give your like toys that you're done with to charities or people who need it more than you do. Absolutely. Anything that saves those toys from ending up in the bin. Isn't that the key point here, Roisin? Yeah. Well, Game Tom on KidCast is totally plastic free. Let's head over to Louis and see what he's got for us. It's Game Time! Hi, I'm Louis from Kildare and I am nine years old. This week, I'm challenging KidCast and you at home to a game of five second rule. Hi, Louis. Hi, Kira. Hi, Oshin. Hi, Louis. I'm actually so excited to play this game because it's one of our favourite games at home. Louis, can you tell us the rules just for our listeners who may not be familiar with the game? Of course. So the game is simple. You will be asked to name three of something and you get five seconds to give your three answers. For example, I might say name three fruits. You get five seconds to think and then you have to give your three answers one after the other without any pauses. So like apple, banana, pear, do I win? Yes, but if you said apple, uh, bananas, uh, oh wait, I have another one, um, pear, then you don't win. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So I have to be the person to decide whether or not you're buying yourself some time by with your ums and ahs. I've got the difficult job today. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's do this. First question, name three things you put in a recycling bin. Paper and cardboard. Yeah, you get a point. Okay, name three pizza toppings. (laughs) 
cheese, pepperoni and ham. Yeah. Very good. Well done. You're thinking on your feet there, Oshin, even though you're sitting down in the studio. Okay. Name three types of wild animals. Tiger, um, lion and elephant. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Are we allowed to give it to him? Sorry, too slow. Let's keep going. Name three things that are yellow. Banana. Uh, I can't think of any. What's in the sky? Oh, yeah, the sun and... Sorry, too slow. <laughs> this game is so hard. Obviously, we know a million yellow things, but it's really hard when you're put on the spot. Yeah. Final question. Name three things you can do on a beach. Clean up, swim and build sandcastles. Woo! Got a point. That was, I think, three out of five points. Yay! Well done, Oshin. Thanks, Louie. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. That was great. I'm loving all the new games on KidCast. And if any of our listeners have a game they would like to play with us, then please do get in touch. We have some really fun ones coming up over the next couple of weeks. What is your favourite game to play at home, Oshin? Well, it depends on the day. Sometimes we'd like a game called Screwball Scramble. It's quite a good game. You try to get a ball through an obstacle course. Usually you'd play it on your own but you can, like, compete against each other to see who can do it the fastest as ah, well. Ah, I like that. Is there any games you like to play with your family? Yes, a firm favourite of ours is a game called Double. Have you ever played Double? Yeah, I've played Double in school before. It's a very fast-paced game, and that's why we love it. Someone who knows a lot about games is here to tell us about how we can be eco-friendly when we play. It's Ava from Jiminy Toys. Hi, my name's Catherine and I'm six years old and I'm from Cork. And my question of the week is, what were the first toys? The first toy was probably the stick. For centuries, children have enjoyed using sticks as swords, fishing rods and lightsabers. However, the earliest manufactured toys were the spinning top and the area. All very eco-friendly too. My name is Ava, I'm nine. My favorite food is sushi and I love gymnastics. My mom is an eco-activist. She runs Ireland's eco-friendly toy store, Jimmy. Eco-toys are important because of climate change. An eco-friendly toy makes our climate happy because it's made out of wood, recycled plastic, bioplastic, cardboard. These are all low carbon footprint materials. 80% of toys are made in China. So bringing them here to Ireland adds to their carbon footprint. Next time you're having a party, borrow a party kit near you. Party kits are made up of reusable tableware and decorations. You borrow it, you use it, you wash it, you bring it back. Toy repair cafes help stop toys ending up in the bin. There are events where volunteers will fix the toys for you. My mom did one in Westmead. She mainly sewed up torn tennis. My favourite eco-friendly toy is Plain Shark. It's basically like an eco-friendly Kinder Egg. There's a box with organic vegan chocolate inside and a cardboard toy animal. I hope that in the future, every toy in every toy shop will be eco-friendly. It'll just be normal. 
Thank you, Catherine Brady, for your question of the week. And what wonderful eco ideas from Ava there. I absolutely love the reusable party wear. And it'd be great to see more of those repair cafes as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think we're really quick to throw away old things that like maybe could be broken or just not needed rather than we could fix them. Back ages ago, Ireland was very poor and no one really had enough money to just buy new stuff. Mm -hmm. So with the stuff they had, they would try to fix it so they could keep using it without spending money on getting a new one. Yeah, that's a good point. And they were doing it, I suppose, as you just said, to save money because they couldn't afford to buy new things. But really, they were being environmentally friendly, which is what we need to do. You know, I do remember, though, when I was little, bringing my torn teddy to the teddy bear hospital in Dublin and they could fix pretty much anything. They could bring any teddy back to life, like new eyes, fresh clothes, maybe even just a good wash. And I think they are still repairing teddies from all over the world today. Yeah, I've heard of them before. Volunteers at Cove Tidy Tans work really hard to look after their local environment. Here they are with this week's Did You Know? You know, I didn't see my neighbour all last week and he didn't put out his bin. I asked him, where's his bin? What did he say? He said he's been on holidays. (laughs) Why are recycle bins so optimistic? I don't know. Because they're full of cans. (laughs) Did you know nearly three quarters of the Earth's surface is made up of water, but only 1% of that is safe for humans? Did you know paper from trees can be recycled six times? Recycling a single run of the New York Times would save 75,000 trees. Did you know 27,000 trees are cut down every day just to make toilet paper? Did you know 78% of marine animals are at risk of choking on plastic? Plastic rubbish that ends up in our ocean gets about 1 million of them every year. Did you know it takes about 4,000 years for a glass bottle to decompose? Did you know aluminium can be recycled forever? Recycling just one aluminium can produces enough energy to run a TV for three hours. Did you know the global temperature has increased by about one degree Celsius over the last 100 years, which many scientists explain as global warming? This has led to significant changes in our weather, including storms, droughts and wildfires. Did you know scientists believe that up to half of the world's species will be extinct by the end of this century, mainly because of human activity? Well done to our jokers there, Anna and Grace. And thank you so much to Cove Tidy Towns, not just for your incredibly interesting facts, but also for keeping Cove so beautiful. I think Tidy Towns is a really important part of our communities. You're right, Oisín. They are very, very much appreciated. And I didn't realise that it was such a huge number of marine animals at risk of choking. You know, I think we have become better with single-use plastics, like using paper straws and keep cups, but we do have a long way to go. This week, I met up with environmental activist Flossie, who's been fighting for our planet with her tribe of beach cleaners. Hi Flossie, welcome to Kidcast. Thanks for having me. Flossie, you are the youngest guest to feature on When I Grow Up, and you're still growing yourself. I think it's amazing the difference you're making at just 16 years of age as an environmental activist. Can you explain what an environmental activist is? 
So an environmental activist is someone who does what they can to protect the environment. So I personally love the sea, so I do whatever I can to protect the oceans and the sea, and I do beach cleaning. Tell me about Flossie and the beach cleaners. So Flossie and the Beach Cleaners is a charity which my mum and I set up so that we can go around to all the different counties in Ireland and we can give workshops and educate young junior school children on plastic pollution, stress-free climate change, how we can protect the biodiversity. We also do beach cleans. We do a public beach clean every Saturday and then we do a beach clean about every day with different corporations or junior school children. We find it's really stress-free and it's a really good thing to do. Can you tell us the effects plastic has on marine life? Well, it's destroying their home. It's also really bad because when the marine animals are ingesting it, it's affecting the, how they swim and it's making them really unwell and can even kill them. Other than the plastic really harming all the marine life, it can stop things like whale poo, which is actually really good for sucking in carbon dioxide as the sea does store a lot of CO2 emissions. So what's the most average amount of plastic you'd get on a beach clean? Some beaches, we'd only find things like clothes on. Some beaches, we'd only find wipes. Some beaches, we'd only find people's teeth and stuff like that and weird things. On an average, we'd collect about 12 kilos of rubbish, but that would be on a good day. Sometimes we can collect 70 kilos. Wow, that's like the weight of an adult. Have you ever found anything valuable? Yeah, we find valuable things quite often. We found about 12 working Apple Watches last year, which always get handed in to the police. Um, funnily enough, no one ever claims them. We also find loads of jewellery and wedding rings, which again, we put up on our social media. And once we found what looked like a treasure box, and we were all very excited, and it had all these little bits of jewellery, baby teeth, like it wasn't worth anything. It was just really memorable things. And so we found the owner and it turns out she had had her house robbed a few months beforehand. So she was very happy to be reunited with it. Oh yeah, I bet. We don't just find you at the beaches, you're also at the doll and climate strikes too. What are you asking the government to do? I want change. Everyone who climate strikes, we all want change. And not just greenwashing and promises that don't get kept. What do you mean by greenwashing? So one chocolate bar company, for example, they have about 50 different chocolate bars, but they came out saying that one of their chocolate bars was now sustainable. It was fair trade. Their wrapper was completely recyclable and made of paper and all, but only one of their chocolate bars was sustainable. The other 50 were still terrible for the environment. Oh, I get it. They just want to look like they care about the environment. So what's the best thing the government can do right now to tackle the problem? Personally, I think the best thing they could do is make environmentalism a core subject. If you learn from a young age about plastic pollution, climate change and how to protect it, you'll learn that we can make a difference. What can our listeners do to help make a difference? If you see any rubbish, try and take it home with you. Also, if you're going swimming, try to only wear coral-friendly suntan lotion because wearing non-coral protected suntan lotion it's absolutely horrific and poisonous for the sea. That seems doable. My last question, Flossie, is do you have any good jokes for us? Knock, knock. Who's there? A whale. A whale who? A whale who needs to do a plastic poo. <laughs> That's as good as I could get. I was trying to make them up yesterday. <laughs> Oshin, do you have any jokes for me? How did the oyster hide from the shark? I don't know. He used camouflage. <laughs> That is a good one. Thanks so much, Flossie, for joining me on Keepcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Flossie. Real food for thought there. And I'm telling you, after this episode, I'm feeling like I'm going to be a bit of an environmental activist myself. We can all be activists in our own way, doing whatever we can to make a difference. So what are the main things that you try to do day to day to make a difference? Turn off the lights when you're not using them. Yes, that's a good one. 
Don't leave the water running when you're brushing your teeth. Like, you can turn it on at the start, but while you're brushing your teeth, you have to turn it off. Don't buy as much plastic toys. And to remember to put all of the waste that you have in the right bin, like the recycling one or the compost one and stuff like that. They're really good points, Oshin. And you know what? They're very simple, very, very doable things that we can do today to look after our planet. I mean, I'd say the hardest thing really is to remember to do them and really just to try to make more of an effort to not be so wasteful. I think children today are more clued into our environment. Sometimes I just think children have more sense. Apart from riding bikes in the pouring rain, Oshin, are you really going to make me cycle home in that again? Eh, maybe. But not before we get the answer to Lily's riddle. Yes. So she said, A thousand colour folds stretch towards the sky, atop a tender strand, rising from the land, till killed by maiden's hand. I mean, what is that? I don't know. What would be rising up towards the sky and then killed by maiden's hand? Maybe a token of love, maybe to say goodbye. I am completely and utterly lost. Same. Uh, Lily, just put us out of our misery. Please tell us the answer. The answer to this week's riddle is a flower. Oh! Oh, a flower! Because it's colourful. Yeah. And stretching up towards the sky. Killed by Maiden's hand when you... Pick it. Pick it. Yeah, oh, Lily. You're intentionally just yeah. like trying to lead us astray there, Lily. But well done, well Good done. Riddle. And thank you to all of the children who took part in episode two. And that includes you, Oshin, because we could not have done the eco one without you. You're absolutely super. And if you would like to be sitting where Oshin is or feature in any way on the show, then you can check us out at kidcast.ie and hopefully we'll hear from you soon. Next week, it's a long way to Tipperary because KitKat's school tour bus is coming to third class in Clarehan. So tune in next week for that. For now, I'm Kara O'Donoghue and you've been listening to KidCast. Supported by RTE Kids and the Arts Council. See you next time and don't forget to subscribe. Bye.